Hey everyone, John here. Just a quick word of warning. Uh, we will be spoiling this film in its entirety, so if you have not seen this film and you don't want it spoiled for you, uh, just hit pause real quick and go and watch the movie and then come back and enjoy the show. Shao Kahn, Emperor of Outworld. The Earth was created in six days, so too shall it be destroyed. And on the seventh day, mankind will rest in peace! Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Surviving Chick Flicks, Manly Movie of the Month edition. I'm John. And I'm sad. <laughs> and I'm and enjoying the... every second of this. <laughs> no, Joseph, she said sad, not mad. Mad is what we are at you. Sad is because her boy just got eliminated. Oh, sorry. I was I was too busy thinking about how, what a pain I inflicted on y'all. <laughs> yeah. Is so... just like adding insult to injury? And <laughs> Sammy's not having a good wait. Weekend. I'm not wait, having which a one, good weekend, guys. I'm I'm, I'm now conflicted. Like, which one was the insult and which one was the injury? The yes. movie was somehow both. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tom Brady losing and having his, his sad little face instead of his happy face is the the injury added to the insult slash injury that was that. You know, I'm not really sure that we can define what we watched this week as a movie. Well, we will definitely get into that. But if you're a first time listener, um, normally we review what we call chick flicks, uh, the rules of which are totally made up. Uh, and we'll get into them on a chick uh, on an actual chick flick. But once a month, we try to do a manly movie of the month in which, you know, I will, Sammy and I will deep, dig deep into our favorite films, stuff that doesn't necessarily fall under the chick flick umbrella, to share them with each other and talk about them. This week, Joseph decided to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph. What did you make us watch as if they don't already know whenever they downloaded the episode? It's the 1997 classic. Don't you use that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic to some people that really have a demented sense of humor. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So Joseph's fired. Um, I wasn't good yeah, this, Okay, so the whole purpose of of this manly movie of the month is really supposed to be just a way for John and I to, uh, when we started it, to talk about films that didn't fit into our bullshit criteria. And Joseph had Hey, I worked hard on that bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I worked hard on that bullshit criteria. (laughs) Well, see, I've always wanted to talk about this movie with somebody, but a lot of people have never seen it because, well, to be fair, it's a garbage movie. (laughs) 
Joseph, you know, therapists exist. <laughs> Stay tuned for the end, guys, to find you're, out whether or not we surprise. You're never going to see the answer coming. But this, but this is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this is cheaper than a therapist. <laughs> <sighs> oh, if only you knew what we were capable of. <laughs> anyway, so why don't we play the trailer and then. Um, one of us is going to be on a hill trying to explain what happened to two of the other two. And we're going to answer the question, is this even a movie? Begun to merge into one realm. Think of it as hell on earth. I thought our victory closed those portals. Mother. If I am correct, your mother Sindel is the key to all of this. By reuniting you with her, Kaz's spell will be broken. This is the beginning of the end. Khan's portals stay open. Raiden? It's a new look. Starring Robin Shaw, Talisa Soto, James Ramar, Sandra Hess, Lynn Red Williams, Brian Thompson. Someone with a very German name that I can't pronounce, but he played Chinook or Chinook or however it's pronounced. Chinook. Um, Chinook. And directed by John Leonetti. Normally on uh, these films, like if we introduce, like if we want to talk about a sequel, I do try to make us do the original but <laughs> i figured with this one why not let's just act like I-, I was thinking that maybe we could get through this and not have to worry about the original that it was a standalone film this movie takes place literally seconds after the first film it, it does <laughs> yeah so this is based on the video game um and it is a sequel to 1995's mortal Kombat which was a fun, you know, not going to win any Oscars, but 
one of the better video game game adaptations. And I now look at it as an Oscar contender. <laughs> See if Sammy ever goes and watches the original. She's like, why the hell did we not watch this movie? <laughs> I, I, I think we pretty much killed Sammy ever watching anything Mortal Kombat ever I don't want to hear the words Mortal and Kombat in the same paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing, Sammy, is two of the three films, uh, and I'm just, you know, th- just the ones that got a theatrical release, this got a theatrical release, by the way, Sammy. Um, <laughs> it bombed. Okay, it you know what? Actually, you know what? Okay, if this got a theatrical release, I don't want to ever hear anybody say a negative word about Hallmark films, the quality of Hallmark films, the quality of acting in Hallmark films, or how they're not even good enough for theaters. I don't want to hear it. I believe I begged you twice to turn on the Hall. Oh, no, wait. I begged for Nicholas Sparks. That's where I was at. (laughs) But you you would have accepted Hallmark. Huh? You would have accepted Hallmark. I would have accepted a bootleg of the room uh, uh, shot on a handy cam uh, <laughs> that was posted to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, no, I, I, I almost said I would have accepted a rewatch of Birdemic, Shock and Terror, but I do think this movie is a notch above that one. I would have accepted a back to back double feature of Sleepaway Camp and Tammy and the T Rex. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> So, Joseph, since this is your final episode, um, (laughs) why don't you really quickly sum up, I guess, the two films, because the first film is apparently very important, and then we'll try to break it down before we break your kneecaps. Okay. Well, the first film is a very simple film. It is a tournament that's hosted every generation. They have to win Outworld wants to invade Earth and take it over. But they, uh, Elder Gods stepped in, of course. Why wouldn't they? And uh, said, you, have to, you can't just invade. You have to win ten straight tournaments with their best fighters. So they've won nine tournaments. They're fixed to be on the tenth tournament. And, of course, Raiden, the Thunder God that protects Earthrealm, says, you know what? I need to get some shit together and actually get some people that actually know what they're doing. And, well, Liu Kang and Sonya and Johnny Cage go through the tournament and actually do a pretty good job at it. And Liu Kang pretty much wins the Mortal Kombat tournament, defeats Shang Tsung, the the sorcery that runs the whole tournament. Well, they thought everything was good, but then all of a sudden, the Emperor of Outworld, which is Shao Kahn, just said, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, uh, fuck the tournament. I'm just going to go ahead and invade anyways. They invade and everything starts going to hell and they have to, there is no rules anymore. So they have to defend their, uh, defend the merging of the realms from the evil people and Liu Kang has to win again, which, spoiler alert, he wins. He defeats, Wait, uh, they defeat all the bad guys. That's what was happening? That is what's happening. They didn't explain it at all. If I may, I want to sum up my feelings on uh, this movie by aping uh, the shtick of Eli Bosnick from God Awful Movies. Well, 
if you like sci-fi channel films, but you don't like how polished and well-made they are, you will love this movie. <laughs> this <is true. laughs> so true. Okay. So the 1995 uh, Mortal Kombat was like a really big, it, it was a uh, money printing machine for New Line. Um, and this was, you know, six years before they gambled on Lord of the Rings, which was not a guaranteed success. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, having quote unquote killed Freddy twice, um, <laughs> you know, New Line was always in search of like big franchises. And to do a Mortal Kombat movie in 1995, whoever was doing that, it was literally going to print money. The only caveat is instead of doing the movie kind of right, but, and by that I mean giving it an R rating, they had to ensure that the target audience for the games was getting into the theaters. The target audience being 13-year-old boys. Uh, and whenever they rebooted the franchise last year with the... Uh, I forgot that movie even came out last year. I, it felt like it came out like two or three years ago. Um, they finally did an R rating because the same 13-year-old boys that were, you know, playing the original Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2, um, turned 40. <laughs> so, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about an R rating. Also, that movie, uh, you know, premiered both in theaters and streaming, so most of us just watched it at home. That's <laughs> true. Um, it, it did fairly well. Yeah, and the, and the first Mortal Kombat was a huge success, so they, Sammy... You're not going to believe this, but they gave this movie a bigger budget than the original film. See, okay, not trying to rip off anybody's sticker here, but I feel like someone's got some explaining to do. Okay, like oh, you're not lying. I, I just I don't understand, right? Like I kind of want to do a deep dive into where the lawsuits were held, who filed the lawsuits, because there must be some. Because all I'm saying is if I'm an investor or a producer or I put my money anywhere in this movie, I want to know where the hell it went. Because <laughs> it clearly didn't go to the writer's room because the script was trash. There was it, a script? It, it, I'm pretty sure it was just the video game script. And the guys in the writer's room who were probably simultaneously smoking weed and playing the video game just said, hey, bro, you know it would be really cool if we just use the dialogue in the game and put it in the movie. Um, well, well, I want to touch on that. Successfully, great. Yeah, because uh, not an example of that. Right. The first, the first film put lines from the video game into it, and which, by the way, the lines from the video game were "finish him, flawless victory, fatality, and whoopsie," or whatever the that toasty and the to, toasty, and they used three of the four. Guess which one didn't make it? Toasty. Yeah. <laughs> But whenever they were used, it felt natural. Like uh, uh, Sung, whenever he would say things like flawless victory, it could have been like such a cheesy line. And it, I don't know, it felt like natural. I just feel like it's a difference between, hey, we're going to use some video game dialogue to like weave it into our script. And our script is going to be video game dialogue. This may shock you, but the uh, people who wrote this movie have worked before and since. <laughs> I just don't. So that's the other thing. Okay, so it didn't go to the script. It clearly did not go to the graphics, which even for the '90s were 
terrible. Yeah. I, okay. Um, it didn't let me go touch, to the editing. Well, let me touch on the gra- on the graphics real quick. You want to know why this movie looked bad? Because it was unfinished. Oh, yes, it was unfinished. It literally was unfinished. Um, the producers showed um, the filmmakers showed uh, the heads of uh, New Line who I guess was a very checked-out Bob Shea. Possibly his sister Lynn was there. I don't And I like Bob and Lynn. But whatever executive in the room watched this movie needed to be fired because they told them... They watched a test cut with unfinished effects. And they said, release it as is. <laughs> and the producers, and in, in the rare moment of doing something right, tried to say, can we go back and finish the effects? And they said, no, no. <laughs> so that's why so much of this looks as bad as it does. Like, um, I'm pretty sure um, Fruit by the Foot commercials in, from 1998 looked better than this. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, like, I don't think there's probably any one person to blame. I'm just trying to figure out how you blow $60 million and make such a bad movie. Like, <clears throat> and here's the thing. People have made bad movies on high budgets, right? Mm-hmm. See, see Suicide Squad. And that's a poor example because it wasn't a horrible ahem, movie. Ahem, ahem. It wasn't a, a horrible cat- movie. No, 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 no. Say that it movie's name right. Academy Award winning. Suicide Squad. Thank Whatever. You. Bad movies have been made on high budgets. But generally speaking... They're watchable movies. They may be bad. People may not like them. But you could find something in the movie done well. You could give it credit. It's a fully yeah. fleshed out movie. It doesn't look like the porn version of it minus the actual porn. Right. Yes. And and there are movies with much lower budgets mm-hmm. that are fantastic movies. So I just don't feel like there's any excuse. Yeah. Because um, James Wan, director of Saw... Uh, Furious 7, Aquaman, he made a movie for Sony called Insidious, and Home Dude spent like $750,000, and that was a professional, professionally made movie through a major studio that looked and sounded fantastic and well-written and scary as hell. He could have made 60 Insidious films with the same budget. Oh, you know, that kind of actually ties into Mortal Kombat a little bit because he's one of the producers of the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, J- James Wan. Yeah, James Wan was just like, we're going to do this correct because James Wan is from Australia. <laughs> yeah, he actually got the rights a while back to do to uh, make a new Mortal Kombat movie. Now, I don't think the new Mortal Kombat movie is perfect. There's a, some flaws with it, but I do highly enjoy it. Yeah, there there hasn't uh, there hasn't been a, in my opinion, five star Mortal Kombat film. But no. do you 95- think someone was bribed? Like, I, I'm just trying to figure out why the executive saw that. Unless he was like, I can tell you why. You know, I, I deep in an LSD hole, like just tripping and and thought it was a good movie. I, I don't understand. I can tell you why. The first one made a lot of money, and even the studio didn't really think this. The first one was going to make money. Like even the uh, Paul W. S. Anderson uh, went on vacation and said, "I don't want to see what happens." 
I don't want to see the reaction. I I think it's going to be bad, no matter how much I put into it. And when yeah. he got back from vacation, he got I think he got a call on vacation or came back from I can't remember which. And he was shocked to hear that it was number one at the box office and people were actually liking it. He's like, oh, shit, really? I was expecting the worst. Yeah. Which, you know, is the same thing we say every time there's a Resident Evil sequel that he made. We were expecting the worst, but this one was kind of fun. And okay, and that's another thing. All right. So the first one was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, who is not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. But um, Paul made Mortal Kombat, and then he was offered to direct this film. He didn't. Uh, he And there's a big green rectangle-shaped reason why he didn't make it. Because everyone from the first film, um, they were offered the chance to come back and were even you know slated to come back. And then everyone saw what they were going to get paid, and they all kindly gave everyone the finger and left, except for Robin Shaw, who ended up not only coming back as uh, um, Luke Kang. Kang, but he also took on the job of stunt coordinator, so he was doing two jobs, and he was doing them without a, um, a contract, so he never knew what he was getting paid, but kudos to him for doing the best he could. But yeah, he a... was doing his best. Yeah. But whenever it came to Anderson, he he dipped out of this one. He was just like, nope, not doing this. And he used the excuse of wanting to do something original, you know, for his reason to not come back. Which he made Event Horizon, which I'm going to die on the hill. That is still his best movie to date. I agree. Yeah. Do And there's a whole bunch of, I hate the term guilty pleasures, because... You know, I think if you like something, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. But I kind of have a lot of guilty pleasures in his film career that I, you know I enjoy. But whenever he was tapped to do Resident Evil um, and the five films that came after, not all of them did he direct. But he was a hands-on producer for the ones he didn't direct because he specifically didn't want anything like Mortal Kombat Annihilation to happen to another franchise he was involved with again. But so I just so Paul W. S. Anderson was once upon a time quality control. <laughs> well, and going back to like I I can tell you why that it just went went on like that. They thought, oh, this is gonna make money no matter what. The first one was a huge hit, this one's gonna be a huge hit. And they were just like, it's a video game movie. Who gives a shit? Just put it yeah. out there. That was their thinking. They didn't give a fuck. They're just like, well, license to print money. And then when it came out, they're like, oh, shit. I guess it's not. <laughs> I just was, okay. So was there, like, maybe even a budgetary concern? Like, I'm just trying to think. What, I mean, what was the play with saying, hey, just release it how it is? Okay. Um, Leonetti and whenever uh, it came to putting this one together, didn't care that the other actors weren't coming back because they said no one cares who's playing these characters. They just want to see the names. They just want to see representation of the characters from the games and the fights, and that's all going anyone's going to be caring, caring about. Meanwhile, the first film, I'm not saying any of those actors in that film are capital G great. There are some times I could have made a case for uh, Christopher Lambert. 
But I mean, that the first film nearly had Cameron Diaz in it, but she got injured during the mask. So um, Bridget Wilson from it was Bridget Wilson, right? Yeah, it was Bridget Wilson. Yeah, from Billy Madison stepped up to the plate, and they gave good performances. But they actually, but the main characters of Johnny Cage, Luke Hang, uh, Sonya Blade, and Raiden had chemistry. They actually played off of each other very well. Yeah, and they all fit their characters very well. Yeah, and people liked that. Here we go in this film with these stunt doubles plus Robin Chow. (laughs) (laughs) And also all of these actors, with the exception of maybe Robin Chow, worked before and worked again after this. Let me ask let me ask you this question from the perspective of somebody who I, I'm curious about this from the perspective of somebody who uh, played the video games and saw the first movie and knows these characters. While we were watching the movie, John mentioned that that first death, the one of Johnny, I think his name was. Yeah, was, Cage. was supposed to be like the Drew Barrymore in Scream moment. Mm-hmm. Let me ask yeah. because of how bad the movie was and how everything was done and set up, did that scene have anywhere near the impact it should have? Nope. Absolutely none. I can imagine whenever that happened to uh, the people who saw it in theaters, they were still trying to wrap their heads around why this looks so terrible. And whenever he took off his glasses, you're just like, that's not Johnny Cage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not even remotely the character I remember seeing in the other movie. Didn't even try to get that close to it. And, And I think that's why they killed him off so quickly, too. Because he's not even an important character in this, except for, you know, to give Sonya something to cry about. Which is weird, because the relationship between those characters, they know each other for four days. They knew each other for four days, and she could not stand him. She warmed (laughs) up For three of them. She could not stand him for three of those days. Because he kept making passes at her, and she's like, I'm not interested. (laughs) And he was like, oh, yeah, she's she likes me. And they're like, you can get. No, she doesn't. <laughs> but she went up to him because, you know, he at, at heart, he is a good person. He's just kind of an egotistical asshole at times. But yeah. he really wants well, to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, in his character, he was a Hollywood um, action star. Uh, not really officially based on Van Damme, but kind of a Van Damme pastiche a little bit. Well, because, well, fun fact, uh, the original Mortal Kombat game was supposed to be a, a game about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And so they just said, okay, well, we, the licensing fell through. He didn't want to do it for whatever reason. I don't know why he didn't want to do it, but they said, okay, well, let's just switch gears. He let's was busy. Something else. He was busy doing hard target. <laughs> <laughs> and they want, I think they wanted Van Damme to play Johnny Cage. In this yeah. movie, but I think he said no, and he went to play Guile in Street Fighter. <laughs> he he well, had respect gonna... for his career. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, he went and did Street Fighters. <laughs> one, Joseph has a point there, and two, what? I, probably around the same time, wouldn't he have been making Time Cop? Wouldn't he? Have? I think he was. I, I think it was one of those. He was had a busy schedule, and it, they just couldn't get him. Yeah, because say what say what you will about Van Damme as an actor, he was he he was huge. Oh yeah, he was around huge. that time. 
Um, he was very huge. Uh, but like, like you said, it, 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 so he is kind of my, my uh, modeled after Van Dam. Yeah, but um, the whole point of Johnny, which I believe the same criticism was leveled at uh, Van Dam that he was an arrogant actor that couldn't really fight, when in reality Johnny Cage was actually a very amazing fighter and had skills. He was he just holding back or? He he just had that Hollywood flair, and he's just the egotistical prick at times, and I yeah. think it just rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> like I, he I did to Sonya Blade for three days. Yeah, yeah. He, he, she, the whole it's great. The whole time in that movie, she's just like, "Oh fuck me, I don't want." Please quit talking to me. <laughs> See, you know, it's funny not having that context when he died, and she was the only one that was super upset about that. I totally thought that something different was going on. That that was like an entirely di- I ha- I saw it through an entirely different perspective and obviously when he died it meant nothing to me because I you know <laughs> don't well, know the character when anybody <laughs> died in this movie it meant, meant nothing to you well to be fair it Very meant nothing true. to me either because it's like what the fuck are they doing <laughs> and also the um, deaths were poor, so poorly constructed that like <laughs> it didn't matter well they spent all the money making everyone flip there were a lot of flips in this movie. I would say an obscene amount of they, flips. Way too many. Like the original, they flipped around, but it went it this. <laughs> this one, it was just like, I'm going to go jump down here now. Why? It's only like yeah. two feet. I'm still going to do a flip. I don't care. Because Shao Kahn meets, comes to talk to his father, which it's just a small step down. He decides, now nah, I'm going to do a front flip. It's cooler. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, Shao Kahn, at the end of the first Mortal Kombat movie, was a giant. And in this movie, he's not. No. That's something I've always hated. In the in the games and everything, he was this menacing, badass thing. You didn't know if he was human, what up, what he was, but he, you were scared to death of him. Even going up against you, you're like, I'm probably going to die. And he okay. would shit to you the whole time. Well... And here's the thing, I have seen that actor be menacing, truly menacing. In an almost equally ridiculous movie, but for a different but in a different way, he was the night slasher in Cobra. Oh, really? Yeah, like this guy can act and this guy has been in good movies. But here he was delivering a performance that Tommy Wiseau would be like, get it together, bro. <laughs> you. Well, I mean, okay, so do you think that any of them just at some point, like, they knew what film they were in? Like, okay, when you watch The Room, for example, you can see how defeated the actors are in their performances. It is visible on, like, all of their faces that they are aware of the movie they're making. They are aware of what it is going to do to their careers. <laughs> I think at a certain point, a lot of these actresses is like, uh, this is not going to be good. And, and I um, feel like a lot of them were like, look, we cannot make this any better. <laughs> we might as well just fulfill our contract. <laughs> so, Joseph, uh, my mind is currently blown. What's that? Brian Thompson, who played Shao Kahn in this movie, uh-huh. was in the most recent Joel Cohen movie. The really? tragedy of Mac- yes, the tragedy of Macbeth. It's not. It was a small part. <laughs> he played young murderer. He was in a Cohen movie. <laughs> well, said, this year, he was in- most most of these actors are not bad actors. They just oh, there's James- nothing. Like, huh? I was gonna say James Ramar in this film. Oh, he James plays Ramar's Raiden. A great actor. 
But, Not in this movie. No, but it just goes to show you they had nothing to work with. And James and, and, Romar, you tell he was he was trying. <laughs> and he back was to the switching and, of the. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say he was, and there were times that it almost looked like he was having fun. I really think he, after probably after a bit, he was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna have fun with this movie. <laughs> yeah. And back to the like switching of the actors in this film, like to the the new actors that took on these characters. Okay, did we learn? Well, okay, never mind. I get. I guess this was post. I mean, this was pre. Uh, the third mummy. So I really should say that they should have learned something from them. But what I have learned from this film and the third mummy film is that replacing actors that people like as a certain character is just never going to go well. Like if you cannot get that original actor to come back, there's probably a reason and you should just leave well enough alone. Well, there was a very specific reason to this movie and also i think it was also a case of uh you don't know what you got till it's gone because i still can't name uh the actor who played the original johnny cage but i i know who it is his name is lyndon ashby okay he's he's acted before like you said he's he's not known for being a great actor but he's been in some not bad stuff yeah well in the first film the most high profile actor was Christopher Lambert because he was in the Highlander. Oh yeah. And in this movie, the most um, recognizable actor was James Ramar, and that was for a show he did a decade later on Showtime. Yes. <laughs> and he's great on that show. Yeah. And he didn't have bleach blonde hair in that show. That when they cut his hair in this movie, that was just so weird. <laughs> it's a new look. Trying it out. Yeah, that never happens in the games. It never remotely happens. Yeah, they were trying to make him relatable to the kids. I, I guess they were. It didn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how uh, there are some really big characters that are loved in the video games. They have very short cameos. Some are killed quickly, and you're just like, okay, like one of the most powerful characters in the game, dead, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and there was barely any Scorpion and Sub-Zero, which I was always disappointed in the first film because Scorpion and Sub-Zero were kind of not in that movie as much as I wanted. You can tell which characters I played the most and whenever I played the game. Well, they are the, um, they are the main... That's what everybody... Luke Kang is the chosen one, or like the one that is the champion. He's but the one, every, Neo. Yeah, like he's the one that is the, the one that kind of wins all the Mortal Kombat tournaments or saves humanity but scorpion mm-hmm. and sub-zero are some of the most interesting characters because they hate each other they have a rivalry and they are kind of the face of the franchise and yeah both these movies they are barely in them it's almost like basing an entire movie you know marketing an entire movie based on the villain that's only in it for two minutes i give you the phantom menace <laughs> yes <laughs> Ooh, I want to know more about all this Darth Maul character. That, Two hours might... later, I still want to know more about Darth Maul. What what <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and I, and before anyone emails uh, the show, I know I need to watch the Clone Wars. <laughs> I know. You Don't know what's crazy? Me. This is kind of going down a rabbit hole. 
but you brought up Star Wars, so it's your fault. Um, okay. It's just funny to me how different people's perspectives are because I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the podcast before. If you break films down into genres, <clears throat> sci-fi is by far and away my least favorite genre. There's mm. no competition. I I can say comfortably that I like films in every single genre, but my the amount of films I like in the sci-fi genre is probably the smallest. And I did grow up, like my, my family, I've got big Star Wars nerds in my family, so I grew up watching the films. And of course, I like the originals. I think they're great. However, I actually really liked all the new Star Wars films. Like, I, I didn't take issue with them the way that other people do. And in fact, but, and I'm talking about like even one, two, and three, but I guess it would be nine, 10, and 11, wouldn't it? Am I wrong? No, hold on. I'm sorry. Eight, one, nine, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten. Still nine, seven, eight, nine. Sorry. Mine was my favorite of the last three that came out. Was the second one? Last Jedi. Um, yeah. Last Jedi is not one of my favorites, but I respect the Last Jedi because it's the only time the franchise in a long time took risks and did something different and didn't just retread old ground. So I mean, I. I think that movie meandered way too much. I love Carrie Fisher, but Space Mary Poppins floating through space looks terrible. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot to like about The Last Jedi. And I honestly only really hate two Star Wars movies. And one of them, I'm at a point where I want to go back and give it another shot. But I'm not a fan of Attack of the Clones. And I'm not a fan of the holiday special. Guess which one I, I feel deserves a second chance. <laughs> holiday special. All the oh, way. of course. I own two co- <laughs> it is the one I own two copies of. I didn't ask for one of them. We'll see. And I'm one of those. I don't really care for the prequels. There are parts of the prequels I like. But there's a lot of just eh, in the prequels, too. But I'm also with you on the Sammy. I didn't hate any of the new Star Wars movies. Do I think they could have done some better things on them? Definitely. But yeah. actually, I, um, I enjoy all the new Star Wars movies. Okay, and can, yeah. by the way, can I give you a guess what my favorite part of the Star Wars prequels was? And it's possibly most people's least favorite aspect of the film. Jar Jar. No. Although, <laughs> so. I, didn't, although I didn't hate him the way that other people did. Uh, yeah, I can't stand him. <laughs> a little bit of him goes a long way. Look, I have a, I have an unreasonable uh, amount of respect for The Phantom Menace because it did get me back into Star Wars. And I actually genuinely like that movie. And I genuinely like uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, actually, but, my favorite part of those films did not appear in the first of the trilogy. Hayden. You're a Hayden boy. Or fan. I don't know why everyone hated him so much. I personally thought he was lovely. I didn't hate him. I hated the lines George Lucas wrote for him. Like, um, you know, the lines about sand. And you, you, the reason you're so beautiful is I'm in so in love with you. Th- that had nothing to do with Hayden. Uh, uh, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis couldn't deliver that line good. <laughs> Actually, I think Daniel Day-Lewis says, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Padme, and yes, I'm. He's going to be as Daniel Plainview for this. 
Padme, I just want to say the reason you're so pretty is because I just struck oil and you. I'm so in love with you. <laughs> and I abandoned our boy! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Why aren't we talking about There Will Be Blood? But Such a, a better uh, But a for, uh, Fortunately, Daniel Day-Lewis was not in the film we're talking about. Yeah. I don't yeah. even think that Daniel Day-Lewis could have made this film better. I don't think he, <laughs> he would even like, try. I think he's like, what the fuck's in Mortal Kombat? No. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to go uh, live in the uh, woods for a year to learn how to play the main character in Last of the Mohicans. But Daniel, I, are you okay? No. <laughs> would would it wouldn't would uh, the character of Raiden been better if it was played by Sean Connery? That you know, I know he was offered that role, and I don't. I, and here's the thing: I don't know because I have seen the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, <laughs> and he, you got to. He was also offered the Matrix, and every Turned down. And, yeah, and I think that's the only one that maybe he. Well, there was some slight regret, but no, I I don't think Sean Connery would have been better. <laughs> I don't think so either. Hey, for for controversial opinion number two. I think Sean Connery is overrated, and I have never found him particularly attractive. And that may be an age thing, but... I think it is. It is, but I also think you should watch The Untouchables, because I think... I actually disagree with the movie Train Spotting and think that that was his best performance. Because when I saw that movie, I gave a shit about his character. Also, he had some of the best lines in the movie. He explained the Chicago way to a young Kevin Costner. But we're not talking about better movies. We're talking about Mortal <laughs> Kombat Annihilation. Okay, um, so... <laughs> does does, it, oh, does anybody have any questions they want me to clear up? If I can possibly do that in this movie? I think the yeah. only question we really have is why. You know, I've been asking that question for the past, how many... 20 years or so now? <laughs> If, 25. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been asking that for a long time. Jesus, this movie's 25 years old. Yeah, oh, God. It, and it's aged 50. <laughs> <laughs> and the graphics um, are aged I, 70. And there are films that, that are literally 70 years old that look better than this film. Yeah, there is. <laughs> no, if y'all are ready to move into our segments, I actually have a question for John. Okay, let's do this. So for our listeners, this is a brand new segment we have called Did John Like the Soundtrack? Okay, so I'm kind of torn on the soundtrack. Um, the, the soundtrack to the first film, I appreciate now a whole lot more than I used to, mostly because it was among the uh, immort- the legendary five CDs that uh, my night job had and played incessantly. Was that part of that? <laughs> I blame uh, someone else more for that one than you, but if uh, the shoe fits, you can also lace it up. Oh, okay. Um, that that has aged better because it did have you know that nice picture of techno and industrial and going on. This tried to do the same, and it had its bands I like, like Rammstein and um, Megadeth, but it did a remix of uh, um, a Megadeth song I could have given less of a shit about. So. The soundtrack that was uh, sold to us as a you know as a society is meh. The actual score to this movie um, was very loud, and I felt like I was at a rave. <laughs> and so eh, I'm gonna go with eh. 
Well, see, and that's what I'd say is I actually really love this soundtrack because I loved the original soundtrack. I that was one of my first CDs I bought and I enjoyed it. And I even got the soundtrack before I saw the movie and it hyped me up for the movie. And that you can see how much that let me down. <laughs> but I still think that's one of the best things about this movie is the soundtrack. I because I still will listen to it to this day. Yeah, I mean, the movie has possibly my second favorite uh, KMFDM song, which is Megalomaniac, but I don't know, this is just, this was just kind of like a a C plus. I get you, but I I have that nostalgia factor for it as well, so, yeah. The Mortal Kombat theme is still good, so. Oh yeah, that's still, that's still a banger. Yeah, and I can and I can listen to it now without you know the eye twitch that I developed. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no I noticed that the uh, soundtrack was too loud, and that's about the extent of my opinions. <laughs> so, right, uh, so, Sammy, I have a question for you. Do you have a creepy or romantic in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> just the whole movie. Just just, just the, the whole movie. movie. Was, was no, the whole... I do not have one this week. I, I might have one. So was it creepy or romantic how Jay just kind of tricked Liu Kang into liking her? Uh, I'm going to go with neither. It was just okay. a plot point. Because he, he was all about Katana. And, well, she, you know, she tried to get in his pants, though. She <laughs> did, but, you know, she was, no, she was no match for Talisa Soto, who is the third best actor in this movie. And that means after the first, there was an incredible drop off. <laughs> that is very true. She was also a Bond girl. She was a Bond girl. Yeah. Yeah, she was in uh, one of the underrated Timothy Dalton films. Oh, and she has also played a comic book character. Yes, she did. She was Vampirella, which is not a good movie either. It's really bad. <laughs> well, with a, a IMDb score of. Uh, 3.8, and that's the audience score. Um, I assumed as much. <laughs> I, I watched it. It's not good. <laughs> I don't know where you find it. Is it on YouTube? Uh, when it, Is it age-restricted on YouTube? Am I going to have to watch that at home? <laughs> when I first saw it, I think it came on Showtime or something like that. Uh, Showtime, the, the home of the original film Psycho 4, the beginning. <laughs> What's Norman going to do? He's going to talk on a phone for an hour and a, hour and a half, and we're just going to see flashbacks. We're going to do this better later. <laughs> All right. So um, for those of you that – I guess we're moving into our next segment. Um, yeah. For our listeners, if this is your first episode, I sincerely apologize. We do <laughs> you good films. I promise. Um, but even though this is a special episode, we still do our normal segments. And we have one called The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, which is basically just... No, we haven't done Best Line, Worst Line Oh, yet. right. Best Line, Worst Line. Never mind, because we may not even have Good, Bad, and the Ugly this week. So Best Line, Worst Line, <laughs> where we um, say our best lines and our worst lines, because we are right. not creative. Yeah. I have one best line. What you got? It's not even from the film. It's whenever uh, Liu Kang uh, morphed into whatever creature he was morphing into and Sammy went, oh look, another randomality. <laughs> Joseph, you got a best line? Uh, I don't... Hold on, let me think here. Because uh, I don't want to take Sammy's because it's really good. 
I was going to say, and you can't steal. Oh, no, it's his animality. <laughs> no, you said, I remember you telling Rain. me when, the one, it was the one that Raiden said, what was yours? Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I really, there really isn't any good lines. <laughs> no, like, there are not. No, there are no good lines. Like, there are lines that are unintentionally funny. Um, Okay, I'll say no, no, no. There was that one. We did, we do, we did have that one. Uh, the one that we we both thought was a pretty funny, pretty funny line. Uh, it's like I thought when we closed uh, winning Mortal Kombat, all closed all the portals. He goes, "What what has been closed can also be opened again." <laughs> oh yeah, that one. That's, that's not what I was thinking of. That wasn't the one you were thinking of. No, no, no. I thought of that one. But I'm talking about a legitimately good line where. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but I guess mine would be. They were, he was trying to open that portal to Outworld, and he said, um, something like, dude looks like Moses trying to part the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. He goes, who's this guy I think he is? Moses trying to part the, Red, part sea. the Red Sea. Yes. <laughs> I thought yeah, that I was a good, that, like, the other one is the sarcastic best line, but I thought that legitimately was, was a good line. I think one of the writers came out from their drunken stupors, like, I got a line. <laughs> this one will work. Let's put that <laughs> there. Guys, I've got an idea. <laughs> Y'all are being incredibly mean to the screenwriters of this film because one worked very hard to turn uh, The Crow into a god-awful television series, and the yep. other one wrote a uh, um, a sequel to an 80s uh, titty comedy um, in the 80s, so... No, I think we're being pretty fair. Yeah, I think we're being yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, they've both worked since. I just want to keep putting... And also, this director has worked since. This was the director's first movie, and then he would, like... Years later, go on to direct Annabelle, the first one, the <laughs> least good one. <laughs> that 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 tracks. I feel like there's a theme. <laughs> okay, does anybody have a, a worse line? Because I'm just gonna go out on a limb and just say uh, the film. Yeah, <laughs> I have a worse <laughs> line. I have a worse line too. It begins. It begins. Exterior outworld. <laughs> a day we open, and then it just continues until the words the end. <laughs> well, it's whenever. Katana's mother comes up and it's Sindel and she's like, Mother, you're alive. She goes, Too bad you will die. <laughs> oh yeah. That was both a terrible you know, line and a terrible delivery. You, you know something <laughs> about this movie? It made me appreciate the movie Heat even more. Because as much as Al Pacino overacted in this in that film, and I admit he overacted. He's at least good at it. This movie is a testament to overacting and still being terrible. The acting in this film made me appreciate the creepy mom in Sleepaway Camp. Because at least <laughs> for, me, I was like, for, this performance is too good. It's intentional. It's She is the nightmare that children have. <laughs> And she passed away last year in real life. <laughs> and this is just bad. It's like, how can you try too hard at something and still be terrible at it? <laughs> it's like, you're, do you're doing too much and it's still not enough. There, there is better acting in a dubbed Italian Western from the 80s. Yeah, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, argue with me here. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> so do we have a good, bad, and the ugly this week? I don't. I... No, I think it's all the, the bad and the ugly. I <laughs> well, I give... mean, I... oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, let me do mine second. I, I want to see where you're going. 
I, I'll have a I'll give this movie a couple points on something. Even though most of the costumes look like they bought them at a dollar store and just said, you know what, good enough. There's a couple that were actually pretty, not pretty, okay. Like the uh, cyborg ninjas, uh, Cyrax and Smoke, actually looked pretty decent. Uh, they looked pretty close to the game, even though you can definitely tell it is definitely rubber. Uh, and there's a couple times where they were actually putting in moves from the game. And I'm just like, they did, they didn't do it terribly. There, there was a nugget of awesome idea there, and it just was not very well executed. Like I said, there's there were attempts, very few and far between, but they were attempts. There was a moment in this movie that was so bad, it, and it stood out so much that it almost becomes amazing. And it's whenever an explosion happens, and uh, Jax <laughs> and Sonya are quote unquote thrown into the air. <laughs> and doesn't it look like at all like they were just jumping on a trampoline in front of a blue screen? With the worst fire effect. <laughs> I'm telling it, you, the Lonely Island did a better job. They could have directed that scene. Well, the Lonely Island has Lorne Michaels' money, <laughs> and uh, and on his worst day, still had sixty million dollars. <laughs> true. Okay, to be fair, thirty million of that was marketing. <laughs> you, you know, you're probably because right. the actual always no because. Well, no. the The rule is the production budget for this movie was thirty million dollars, and in order to ca to capture what the true budget is, you pretty much have to double it, sometimes triple it, depending on what the film is, because that's what they have to earn to be profitable. So, it says the budget is thirty, and this movie made fifty one million dollars. It took in fifty one million dollars, but it's still a financial loss because thirty million dollars made this. Thirty million dollars made this. <laughs> and, <laughs> However we end up landing on our true feelings about this movie, it was fun at least watching it with y'all because, for one, I got to see the, the disappointed face in Sammy again, and this time it wasn't me that caused it. <laughs> but are we ready to ask the big question? Yes. Joseph, you have to sit down. Uh, okay. Just for shits and giggles and consistency, Joseph, Sammy, how badly did you not survive <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation? You go, Sammy. Let's. Actually, can we let Joseph go first? Because I want to see where he lands and try to defend this. Oh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't survive this movie at all. Because and he, I, I do find it hilarious to watch. Because I started out, I hated this movie whenever it first came out. I just tested it. And of course I owned it because I'm an idiot. I'm going to hit you with a shovel if you buy it on 4K. <laughs> and people say that I'm bad with my money. Oh, I'm not. I'm I'm definitely bad with my money. I'm not going to sit and cry about that. Um, you're look. You're listening to somebody that has uh, bought the Evil Dead movie at least twenty different. No, about ten different times. I bought the first Evil Dead only twice. I've bought it many times. Well, um, I still have my original copy. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, I I I've hated this movie from the start. I don't really hate it anymore. It's just it's just a bad movie. 
it's one of those I have to let it go. It's just like it's just funny to watch now to how bad it is. But no, I didn't survive this movie because it's not one of those you're like, hey, let's watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation, this masterpiece of a movie. <laughs> you put it on to laugh at it or subject your friends to it so you can watch their horrified expression. <laughs> your driving privileges are being taken away for a week for this. <laughs> Sam, Sammy, did, did you survive? So, um, I was pretty much buried six feet under within like the first five minutes. I'm not even sure it took that long. Um, yeah, I was going to say. No, I did not. However, I will say, I agree. It was a fun viewing experience. I'm glad we watched it. We had a fun time. It was a, it was a fun movie to make fun of and to talk through and only half pay attention to. Um yeah, so, uh, I'll, you know, that all gets a plus. And I do have to give Joseph props for picking the first movie that likely none of the three of us will survive because generally the person who picks the film at least survives it. Um, so that was cool. But I'm pretty sure that I I can say this unequivocally. I enjoyed The Room more. And I oh. never, ever thought I would say that. Leave it to me to make you say the unthinkable. <laughs> Because I can respect the fact that Tommy Wiseau was really trying and thought he was making something good and made something terrible. I don't even know what happened here. So, <laughs> John? You know, there's this part of my dark soul that wants to say I survived this film just to throw everything off because chaos reigns. But no, I did not survive this film. And I watched this movie twice. Oh, we didn't even ask the first time we watched this movie, but for two of us, we can answer this. We watched it the first time Friday night. Uh, I managed to make it from 1997 to two days ago, not ever having seen this film. Because uh, I have never heard anyone say, you know what, dog? Mortal Kombat Annihilation is an underrated gym. No one has ever said that. Nobody will ever say that. No. <laughs> And it was fun. It, it was fun to watch. But whenever I watched it the next night uh, by myself trying to make sense and take notes and do this properly, I think I was more mentally present when we were watching it together than on my own because I still don't know what I watched, what happened, why it happened. Um, so, yeah. So the streak is over. We went from three films in a row that we all three recommended, and now is this the first one where all three of us didn't survive? Yeah, I, know I got it. I think so. Yeah, Sammy, was there, there ever one that you and I both didn't survive? Uh, I don't think so. I, There's one you and Joseph both didn't, I think. But I don't know if there's been one that you and I both haven't survived. Right. I always kind of feel like uh, either you or I. <laughs> you yeah, that, that's pretty much true. Well, because oh here, this is Joseph's first pick. <clears throat> no, actually. So, um, well, his first mainly movie of the month pick. Yeah. The Edge that's of 17 right. was my first pick. This, the, the... That's right. Um, yeah. So it's either been a pick of yours or I. And I don't think either one of us would have picked something that we didn't survive. The only chance that could have been, I think, would have been um, Nomadland because we hadn't seen it, or Wanda. 
Yeah. Maybe not, but I did not survive one of them, and I think you did, so. I did, because, um, but we we both respected Wanda. Correct. It's just, you, it's just it. you were, you know, you were bored, and I'm like, I, I knew, whenever Cody explained to me that this was basically, you know, the director of Wanda was like the female Cassavetes, I'm like, okay, I know exactly where to put my expectations. And, I'm like, and I could have said that to you 87 times, and you'll be like, Who's Cassavetes? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the one, and this is at least the first time, probably not going to be the only time where we pick something and all three of us didn't survive. Well, you know, and I don't want to do just everything that I absolutely love because there's some movies I just want to talk about because it's one of those like, I want to talk about these, you know. I mean, and, and I get that, and also there there is this kind of joy in watching something bad, but but more so like when you're watching it with someone and you, you're or more like inflicting it upon someone <laughs> in certain cases. Yeah, because that was the reason why, and I'm glad we watched it together. I'm glad y'all are all mm-hmm. wanting to watch it together because I thought it would just be really fun to have a really stupid movie, one that yeah. was from my childhood. That I've had a weird, complicated history with. <laughs> I think had we not watched it together, uh, Sammy would have just uh, done whatever the audio equivalent of the middle finger is and got off the call. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Sammy would not have made it through the film, I can tell you that. She'd have turned it off, and she'd have been like, hey, we can talk about the five minutes I saw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the New Line logo was great. It gave me hope. <laughs> it died shortly after. Right whenever after it said Mortal Kombat, my hopes just died with me. <laughs> just like Johnny Cage, my hopes didn't make it very far into the movie. Hopefully. Actually, Johnny Johnny Cage <laughs> lived longer. Than my hopes. Hopefully, next week we'll be watching a better film. Uh, we, and we let's talk be. about that. What are we talking about next week? Because I, I believe it's Sammy's pick. It is. it is. So at it least one of us will be say, happy. This might be our first delve into Nancy Myers, right? No. 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 It is the holiday. Oh right, right, right. So our second one. Um. And uh, okay, so this is not our first. This is our second dive into Nancy Myers, and it's a little complicated. But what's the name of the movie? Ha, ha, ha. No, we're going to be doing it complicated. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm assuring, I'm assuming next week, and I'm as I act like I didn't see this movie um, already, um, I'm assuming this movie uh, that we're about to watch, we can figure out very easily where the money went. Yes, that is true. I will be the judge of that. <clears throat> oh, Joseph, is this a new one for you? No, I've seen it before. It's just been a long time. Oh. Okay. I just wanted to be an ass. You already were. You made us watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I know. I'm just trying to go with the theme of the movie that I'm an asshole this this uh, this week. <laughs> Not this week. I'm saving it for next week. You're going to save it for next week? All right. So um, I'm going to shout out a thing. Uh, I found, a, I found a, a legitimate reason for me to continue to stay on TikTok. Not as a creator, but as just someone that wants to lose, you know, minutes to an hour of my day just, you know, scrolling up. So one thing, um, other than like barbecue TikTok, one thing I've discovered on there a lot is different musicians and artists kind of promoting themselves in their music. So, and I've checked out quite a few artists based on 
TikToks. Some are good. And I, and I don't mean the songs that have become trends. Like, an artist is just like, hey, listen to my shit. Well, I'm going to go listen to their shit. And uh, this week, I'm going to shout out the band Magnolia Park. Uh, they're a Florida-based pop-punk band. Um, and they dropped the album Halloween Mixtape last year. I had to listen to it. It's very, very good stuff. If you, um, I don't want to compare them to Fall Out Boy, but they have a, they have the pop punk sound. But uh, really great vocalist. Um, and what drew me to them was um, one of their TikTok videos was about how people are giving this band shit, saying that pop punk is only for white people they do have persons of color their lead singer is an african-american gentleman but i i was just like okay i want to see what they're about and i listened to their whole album a couple of their other singles i think they're personally worth checking out especially when we're you know watching emo fire festival being put together um with the when we were young thing that may or may not be happening in vegas uh so i've gotten them back into a lot of the scene bands and they fit quite in nicely, and they're on Epitaph, which is one of the, still my favorite of the indie uh, alternative rock labels or punk labels because they're in good company with like Bad Religion and Rancid and Offspring before they jumped to Sony. So if you like My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, stuff like that, definitely give them a chance. Alrighty, Joseph, do you think if we let you pick more movies in the future, you'll learn to behave? I had my. I think I'll behave from now on. Thank okay. you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> No, I, we we are going to judge you harshly at first. <laughs> well, because we've already made our schedule. Uh, this is the only one I've picked that is actually god awful. If you didn't, as far as we know, <laughs> I can assure you, uh, if you don't like the other ones, it's because we just had a difference of opinion. See, I tried that shit on Sammy with uh, Sleepaway Camp, and she didn't go for it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. All right. Well, in that case, uh, Joseph, I guess thank you for uh, picking this movie. Oh, you're you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, thank you for sitting through this. Um, yes. and, and take our word for it, we saved you uh, 95 minutes of your life. So, well, Listeners, if you, I, I will tell you this. If you've made it this far in your life and you haven't seen this movie, just keep going. You're doing fine. However, <laughs> if you're an asshole and you, and you like to inflict bad movies on your uh, friends, oh... This is this is a gauntlet throwing down challenge. Like, I think the only way I could top that is if I made us do ma- microwave massacre sometime. Or if you happen to be in the military and you're looking for a new form of punishment for prisoners of war, we do not advocate torture on this podcast. She didn't say she was advocating. She said, "If if I'm just, I'm just throwing out ideas." <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, now that we're uh, doing the cinematic version of waterboarding, um, I think I'm just going to say, listeners, thank you for uh, sticking with us, and please come back next week. We promise it'll be good. Surviving Chick Flicks is brought to you by The Circle of Jug. The show is edited by John and... All clips used are the property of their copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get the show. If there's anything you would like us to cover on the show or just drop us a line at 
survivingchickflicks at gmail.com. The show is copyright 2022. Circle of Jug Productions. All rights reserved. Never give up hope. At least not so early in the fight. Raiden? It's a new look. <laughs>